where we're from, you putt for dough. I can't do it. Um. So anyway, <laughs> you did this pretty good. <laughs> Fellas, don't drink that coffee. I'll say, uh, for if we've started, I'm not sure if we've started yet or not. I don't know when I'll, I'll fade us in, but uh, maybe I'll fade us in right now. So oh, we're going to oh. do two episodes. We're going to try to get through two episodes this evening. We obviously won't release them both at the same time. But uh, anyway, I'll, we have to remember to not skip ahead to the next episode while we're on this episode. Yeah. Because there I'm will be some people who have not watched the uh, Arbitrary Law, which was episode nine, but have mm-hmm. watched episode eight, which we're talking about. So if you can do your best, like you spoiled it last time with James and with Harold, if you could not well, do that again. I don't want to spoil anything this time, but James doesn't save anybody. <laughs> he saves the show. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's. I think I'd like to start Dallas by. I'm, I'm, I want to start with a, hap, a happy thing, which today is David Lynch's birthday. Oh, which happy birthday, David Lynch! We're very, very happy you were born. Otherwise, we would not be doing this podcast, and uh, we wouldn't have all of the amazing things you've created. Uh, so, happy birthday! I'm 65. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know, uh, I don't know how, how old he is. Um, I'm 72. On the same, on the same uh, kind of note here, though, a sad thing happening today in the world of Twin Peaks is that yesterday we lost Miguel Ferrer, who plays. Agent Rosenfield is one of my favorite characters. Not only Wait, that, he's he died yesterday. This I think he died the day before, but it was they they uh, announced it yesterday. Weird. Why? I thought he died a while ago. No, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I love Miguel Ferrer. I do too. Uh, We've talked about this on the podcast, and we can talk about it again. Uh, he's a, he's a really great actor. He's, he's a stand. He's amazing. He's amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean like even I, and I posted something on my Facebook page of him in hot shots part due, which he's amazing in that. <laughs> and you know, it all, it all goes back to hot shots part due with me and it always will. Um, it all goes back to hot shots part due. I, I saw him at a Foo Fighters concert in like 2002 and I just like <laughs> stopped him and I go, dude, you're awesome. And he was like, he kind of stopped and was like, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so happy now that I had that moment. Obviously, he probably didn't think anything of it after that in his whole life. But it was just cool to like, to not really meet him, but just to like, hey, you're not, you know, um, Brad Pitt or someone super famous, but you're amazing. 
you've created these amazing characters and you know as as far as twin peaks goes like he's he's just one of the best parts um so it's really sad that we lost him and he, he died of cancer um the i mean it feels selfish to say this but we're as a fan we're very very lucky that he is in season 3 so we have something to look forward to with him oh, so they already they already filmed it yeah, season three has been totally is has been wrapped. Uh, so, and we know he's in it. He's in like the Showtime promo. So, uh, what a you know at least it, as sad as it is to lose him, what a cool way to kind of celebrate him for all the fans who kind of came to love him or know him through Twin Peaks. Um, it kind of makes it even that more. You know, this this season is kind of even more important now to me at least. Um, totally. So rest in peace, Miguel Ferrer. You're amazing. Uh, war, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's his line from Hot Shots Part 2. That's my favorite. He, okay. Yeah. He's great. He's, He's in Traffic. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen Traffic? Do I have to? Uh, you don't have to, but it's worth it. Is that the one I get confused with Crash? Um, you could get them confused. I'm they not. By the way, I'm not. Films. I'm not trying to be funny. Crash is the no. one that Crash is the one that won Best Picture, right? And like, should not have by any yeah, means. That's what everyone yeah. said. It was up against Brokeback Mountain, and it won Best Picture. Oh, Shelley Williams. Yeah, it was. Uh, Crash was a movie about racism, and it was fine. Yeah, it got a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. Yeah. It was definitely Ludacris's best movie. I um did you know Michelle Williams? I never did you, uh, did you ever meet yeah, her? I met her a few times, yeah. I hung out with her a few times because Jeremiah Smith was pretty Dal- good buddy. Dallas and I did theater when we were kids and, and her name was we didn't know no one knew her as Michelle Williams. She was Shelley Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh and I and I met her one time and she said, Oh, you're Sean. And that's it. That's my <laughs> <laughs> that's my michelle williams story um and yeah, yeah I she's forget, right i forget what i said yeah she was right she you was are right. sean yeah yeah still well, that's, still am you know you can say one thing about shelly williams she's usually right about who sean is yes yeah yeah, yeah she was right stars they're just like us <laughs> they know who sean is <laughs> um okay well i it's kind of a sad way to start but um Anyway, it's it's just uh it's sad. It's sad to lose lose people that are, you know, very I don't know, it's just he's just so talented and you know, you love uh I've always loved getting to see him in stuff and it's just I know I know everyone kind of made a big deal about last year, but it is sad to have all these artists, you know, that we're losing and so I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, you know I'm too depressed now to keep going. So that was uh, that was episode eight of uh, season oh, three of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Good because I no, don't no, remember no. it. So no, oh, okay. no. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, this one yeah. is this one is. Uh, hey, by the way, Dallas, how are you? Since uh, the last time uh, we podcasted, when I was in your house, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I'm fine. Yeah. It was yeah. After the first couple of nights. I I kind of forgot about it, but it was um, but yeah, it definitely stayed with me. It didn't what, help when I kept texting you pictures of Bob at three a.m. Right? That didn't. <laughs> that wasn't cool. Did you not like that? 
You know what's funny is I just showed them to my wife. Um, <laughs> I, do, you think, really do you it. think if out of context you just saw a photo of that guy that you would be scared, or does the show make him scary? Well, see, it's not. Here's the thing. I think it was more scary for you. And there are some people who tweeted too about it. Yeah, that were like the same in the same boat. Like they were young and they saw it and it totally scarred them. It didn't scar me. Like I said, I think it was just more jarring. Like the, sure. Like it, it was totally out of place for the show to get that violent. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, but you know, it's not like it didn't earn it. Um, sure. It was just like, yeah, it was just really jarring. And the way that he killed her was super jarring. Um, and yeah, like, like we talked about it last week, just the bad kind of the bad editing and effects, you know, not on purpose, but just for the times, like, uh, like just made it all the more like creepy and sure. <laughs> to the, well, we, we'll talk about this when we get to episode nine, but yeah, don't, don't definitely don't spoil anything going. I won't spoil that anything, one. but we'll okay. talk about it more. When we get to episode nine. Well, but, um, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Glad you're back. Glad you didn't <laughs> give up on, give up on me. No, I didn't give up, man. Okay. If anything, it made me, it made the show, uh, it made the show a little more, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, interesting, I guess. Would okay. Be the way. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna need to build build that up because we have to coast on the fumes of that for a while going into the end of the second season. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. You don't even know what you're in for. Um, this one is called Drive with a Dead Girl. So uh, if you weren't sure if Maddie made it or not, there you go. Um, it was written by Scott Frost, who is Mark's brother, and uh, oh, he also Scott. he wrote. They made a, a book, uh, a Dale Cooper kind of. It was like an autobiography. It, the The main vehicle was they. It was like a cassette tape, uh, read by Kyle MacLachlan, like like him talking to a cassette recorder, like he's had his whole life kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wrote that book. I'm, I don't remember when. I think that was released in the summer between the two seasons. But, um, And then this was directed by Caleb Deschanel. Uh, he also directed an episode in the first season. Um, and he directed uh, Zoe, like, into the universe. So... <laughs> Worst direction ever. Um, okay, so let's get into this. So we are, they open up with the Palmer house at night, and you can kind of hear the screams, and then you hear like the thud, which I'm guessing is Maddie's head going into the wall. And then mm-hmm. they, they fade into the next morning, uh, where Leland is apparently working on his short game. Um, <laughs> And I don't know about I like I don't remember this in the dream like the little uh, man I don't I don't remember the little man mentioning that they really liked golf, you know yeah. like I like he's like you know they talked about dancing or what does he say uh, you know where where we're from the birds sing a pretty song but it's like I don't there was no like you know where we're from you putt for dough like golf been a really. <laughs> that would have been a really good name for this episode short game short game um that would have been the best name sorry where we're from you putt for dough i can't do it um so anyway you did this pretty good <laughs> <laughs> james james and donna come over to say bye to maddie um and leland says oh like i've already dropped her off you missed her um, Sarah is awake and so she doesn't remember any of this. She's obviously was drugged. Um, 
the Donna and James notice the 4,000 golf balls in the living room and, and think it's funny. Um, <clears throat> and then they leave. <clears throat> At this point, Leland is uh, straightening his tie right in the mirror and we see Bob. And Sarah reminds them, uh, he's, he's off to the country club and Sarah reminds him to sign them up for Glenn Miller night which is a thing at country clubs in the late 80s, early 90s. And, oh, still uh, happening, by the way. And we find out that Maddie is now in the golf bag, and he throws her in the trunk. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a kind of an, an unnerving way to start this episode, like right back into the whole, you know, Palmer house, where it wasn't, like, super excited to get back there. Um Anyway, these oh. these these next two episodes are very much kind of like this. This one, if anything, doesn't suffer because it's not a, a great episode. It's got good moments in it. It's just that it's sandwiched in between two really really important ones. Um, oh yeah, I guess I found I like this episode. I no, I do too. I just in in looking back at it, it's like you have these two kind of really keystone moments in the show. And so this one is kind of just there to <clears throat> get you out of the last one into the next one. Um, yeah. And again, it's nothing against this episode. It's fantastic. It's just what it's standing up next to. It's like the Temple of Doom. It's the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. This is Twin Peaks' Temple of Doom. Totally. Um, chigada, chigada, chigada. So back at the jail, Ben is behind bars. And uh, Jerry's returned from Japan. And apparently he has a law degree. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also didn't know that. <laughs> a lot we didn't know about Jerry, but he's not a very good lawyer. We find out. Um, so they they're working on uh, trying to establish an alibi for Ben, and of course Ben was with Catherine that night, and she's missing in action. At least to him, uh, this mm-hmm. is one of those episodes where we know a lot of things the characters don't know. So we now know who killed Laura, but you know Cooper doesn't know. We know that Tajimura is Catherine, but Ben doesn't know that. So it's one of the few times where the audience is not in the dark. Um, but anyway, um, and then there's this kind of really quirky Twin Peaksy scene where Jer notices that there's bunk beds in the in the cell, and he starts re- reminiscing about their childhood where they had bunk beds, and yeah. about a character named Luis Dombrowski who would dance with a flashlight. <laughs> And they do a they do this flashback scene, and she's like dancing with the flashlight, and it shows the two of them just kind of sitting in one of the bunks with their like little glasses, and it just I I like who the hell is Louise Dombrowski, and why was she doing this? Was this like, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I was. Uh, this scene had me a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> was did they was Louise Dombrowski like the neighborhood flashlight dancer? Was this a thing in the fifties? You know. Well, it's weird to me that you don't know what flashlight dancing is. <laughs> um, but maybe East County. I don't know. It could be different. Like, does this story end with Louise Dombrowski like killing their dad or something? Like, what? <laughs> what was no. this? No. No, she's just dancing with a flashlight, Sean. She and then she's like, "All right, I got to go to the next house." Yeah, yeah. It's like ten minutes here, ten minutes there. Oh, see, I this is a this is a small town. She's thing. like, hey, I, do you have any? Uh, I need some C batteries. This thing's not gonna last <laughs> till I get to the Miller's house. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why. Don't you remember that Christmas tradition where you get batteries in your stocking <laughs> for Luis Dombrowski? It's for Luis Dombrowski. Look at Luis Dombrowski can dance every house all across the world. All right, you don't worry about how she does it; she does it. You just have to leave C batteries. You've for never her. heard about Luis Dombrowski? She's you great. Know, I believed in Luis Dombrowski until my parents told me she wasn't real. A lot of stretching involved. Uh, random Twin Peaks trivia. Uh, Louise Dombrowski, played by Emily Fincher, sister of David Fincher. <laughs> that's interesting. I know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anyone cares, but uh, that's what no, we're here I for. Just, I didn't know there was any kind of connection between do you the have, Finchers. Do you want to talk about Louise Dombrowski anymore, or can we move on? No, we're, we're, I'm ready to move on. Okay. All right. Um, Except I will say, yeah, no, go. Let's maybe let's stay here. No, it is one of those scenes where people like always talk about it, and I'm just like, what? I yeah, talk about it in which way? Like I don't know. Like they cite it as like, oh, remember the scene with the flashlight? It's just one of those kind of weird scenes for weirdness sake. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. It was stupid, and it made me. It reminded me a lot of the stupid stuff I hated in the first season. Like they're too young for it to be one of those things where they're like. This then we went to high school with this chick and like someone dared her to dance with the flashlight. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it well because yeah, they look that, like they're seven, right? The storyline doesn't. The storyline to it doesn't make any sense. The idea of it doesn't make any sense yeah. unless for some reason it comes back in another episode. But I don't know that. I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe the whole season three is about Luis Dombrowski. Oh, that would be that. Honestly, that would be amazing. I'm not even joking. That would be freaking incredible. It's my birthday, Louise Dombrowski. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, back at Emily, the sh- we need you for season three. Your brother is a good director. <laughs> Fight Club. Okay. Um, so we go to this is like a little quick stop off at the sheriff station where we get introduced to Gwen Lucy's racist sister um who who upon meeting hawk says you must be eagle eye um and then a line about how must you must really hate white people for stealing your land and uh you kind of wish he would say yes and walk away but he says like some of my best friends are white people anyway um yeah this is just to establish Gwen, who I, you know, we'll get, there's more Gwen, unfortunately. Um, So we see Cooper and Truman walking in the Great Northern, and he's talking to Diane about Mike. uh, And he says something like, I wrote this down, in another time, another culture, he might have been a seer, a shaman priest, but in our world, he's a shoe salesman and lives among the shadows. Um it's just funny how he talks to Diane. Um, Leland is dancing in the lobby, performing for the guests. Dancing in the lobby. And they realize no one's told them about Ben being arrested. Um, and so they do that. And uh, these episodes are fun because Ray Wise is a really great actor. And I feel like he really like milks all of Leland out uh, of these episodes, um, so he's. Is he, oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. What? What were you gonna say? No, you know, you you just answered the question. Well, I I don't want to. I'm not saying any. I'm not. I don't want to get. No, into no. Stuff. You just. I, I forgot who Ray Y was. Ray oh, Wise oh, oh, sorry. Was. Lee, he yeah, plays yeah. Lee. He plays Lee. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you answered the question. So he's, you know, 
obviously at this point we we know that Leland is mostly Bob right now. Um, so he's, you know, kind of upset, but he says like the law will handle this. And this moment he takes and he goes into the hallway to kind of have a moment. Um, and we have this really kind of creepy point of view as Cooper kind of follows him and uh, he's crying, but then he starts laughing because he knows that Ben is in custody. And um, Cooper asks him to let him know if he remembers anything unusual about the night Laura died. And he says, okay. And he goes back to that kind of really creepy laugh. Uh, And then he starts dancing. Yeah. Dancing in the lobby. Yeah. From the hit show, Dancing in the Lobby with Leland Palmer. (laughs) Um, But he's, uh, it's really, really scary. Some scary stuff. Him? Leland? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I think it's it's great. It's good, right? Yeah. Very fun. Like a, like a good way to um, um, make a, a, a creepy villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it bounces back between being over the top and, yeah. and believable. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm with you. So back at the sheriff's station, Doc Hayward takes <laughs> – he puts on uh, rubber gloves. But he takes his blood instead of like shoving his hand up his butt like maybe you think he was going to. Um <laughs> Or you were hoping he was going to. Uh, Jer- Jerry demands is uh, basically that he gets charged or released. Um, <laughs> Cooper, being Agent Cooper, knows that Jerry was the worst law student at Gonzaga, and uh, that had he had his license re- revoked in four states. So uh, we kind of get a little backstory on on his law career. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> at this point, Cooper shows Ben the the secret diary they found and, and the line spe- uh, specifically about someday I'm going to tell the world about Ben Horn. And Jerry asked for a moment with his client. He says uh, that your alibi has been roasted, which is a, a nod to Catherine uh, and that they've established motive and that he pleads with him basically just to get a, a better lawyer. Um, anyway. Yeah. We can move on from that scene. Well, if I feel like there was like, um, it, um, hmm. how to explain? Remember, was it the first season? I forget when Jerry showed up first. First season, second episode. Okay, first season, second episode. So when Jerry first showed up, I felt like it was like really goofy. Like they were just doing these weird, goofy things. Yeah, he you comes know, in. Like he comes dim- in with a sandwich. Yeah, and there was that whole thing where he's like eating the pig or the chicken, the lamb, or whatever the that. leg of lamb. It was just weird, and I didn't like it, and it didn't make any sense. And then now this scene, it's like, it's almost like a better written version of that. Sure. Where they're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, you better know what you're doing. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. He does have one of my favorite, uh, favorite lines coming up here in a little bit, but um. Anyway, we'll get to it. It might be the next episode. I'm I'm trying to not confuse the two of them. Um, at the Johnson residence, uh, the tape that Bobby had found in Leo's boot was actually something that Leo recorded uh, when he was talking to Ben in the first or second episode of the show about hiring Leo to 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 burn the mill. Um, so Bobby's stoked. She's like, "Okay, I've got dirt on Ben." Um, 
And Shelly comes in at this moment. She's like color- covered in baby food and basically tells Bobby that it's his turn to clean the Leo. And, um, <laughs> you know, Bobby is like, you know, telling her, oh, we're, we're going to be fine. I'm going to, we're going to blackmail Ben Horn. And he says, like, I'm going to give you anything you want. And I wrote down, like, what, like maybe insulation and drywall? <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe make sure this place is like earthquake retrofit, you know, like. There's not a lot of earthquakes <clears throat> in the Pacific Northwest. You have no idea. You've never been there. I would, San Francisco is not the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I've actually been with you to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I know. And there were, we didn't experience one earthquake. No, we weren't there that day. <laughs> uh, oh, the trees rattle. The, the house probably needs a new roof. No, I get it. The house is definitely... I used to date a girl. Um, her name was Shelly Johnson. <laughs> her name was Shelly Johnson. She was always like, will you just get me like one piece of wallpaper? And I'm like, listen, Shelly, you're going to need a lot more wallpaper. When does Leo get home? Um Norma's mom shows up to the diner with her new husband in tow and uh, her new husband, Ernie, who I wrote, he looks like he was like, he doesn't he look like he was in the Vegas part of the Godfather movies? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he looks like he was like an extra. Uh. Yeah, like he worked for Mo Green. Not even worked for Mo Green. He's like, remember the... Remember the part? Like he? No, no, no. He looks like he was like in the casino, in casino, the movie <clears throat> Casino. Yeah, yeah. Like he was, like he just hung out. Yeah. With everybody. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looks like a total. <laughs> yeah. Right. Perfect casting. He's got Perfect a casting. he's got a cell phone the size of like a one of those baseball bats you'd get at like a ballpark. Um. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Norma's like not too excited to see her mom, and. Uh, and then when they tell her they're taking off to go, they're staying at the Great Northern, she finds a newspaper that has some betting notes on it, which are presumably Hank's. I think it was like Houston plus four and a half, which, come on, Hank. No, it was uh, $1,000 Houston by three points. Oh, got it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Never bet on Houston. Never. <laughs> they, were the, they were the Oilers back then. I don't even, well, I don't even know if they're talking about Oilers, Rockets. It doesn't matter. Were the Rockets Astros. in Houston then? Yeah. You think Hank... Well, wait, 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 wait. This was in... No, no, no. This would have what been... You... This would have had to have been basketball. It well, had no, to have been the Rockets. Orders. No, because it, this is in like February or March. What are you talking about? I know when Twin Peaks takes place. There's no football in March. There's no baseball in March. Oh, I get what you're saying. You don't have to be an asshole about it. I do. That's my job. <laughs> it could have. It could have been Houston by college hoops. Oh, yeah, or University of Houston. They were actually kind of okay. Good you know what, dude? I'm gonna. Face. I want to. I want to find out. This is important you, to me. This is the most. By the way, this just became the most important thing to me in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Hank laying bets on? Can you tweet David Lynch and ask him or Mark Frost? It's my do birthday. That? Well, they didn't, but it was this was Scott Frost. I have to find out from Scott Frost. Houston by three points. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. You can totally tweet Scott it Frost was, and get an answer. Because would there, you bet? Would you is a 
It sounds like a football line, but it, would you bet basketball plus three? Uh, that sounds like a weird bet for basketball, but yes, you could totally oh. bet plus three. All right, Dish and the Percolator audience, all three of you, this is my new pilgrimage to find out. <sighs> okay, sorry. No, it's a good call. I'm well, I'm stopping the episode. I have to go. I have to go to work now. I have to take two weeks off of. <laughs> I gotta go see if my mom can take care of the kids for a while. Okay. Um. So we're back at the Great Northern, and at this point, Mike, or Philip Gerard, inhabited by Mike, comes to, uh, looking like he's wearing just way too much makeup. Um, and he's real. He says something about how he's close. He's talking about Bob, mm-hmm. um, and he asks the nurse to go get him a drink of water. And when he does that, the the deputy comes in and he gets clubbed on the back. And Mike apologizes, <laughs> but then he <laughs> escapes. Uh, and Mike is on the loose. Um, so finally, there you go. Um, back to the double R. Hank is back and has no information on Houston, you know, or which team. Um, but he's back, and of course, he's in trouble with Norma, who's very angry. Uh, Norma's mom has an apron on. She's working there all, all of a sudden. Uh, Hank apologizes, and he sees her mom, and her mom loves Hank, of course, uh, and agrees to... Uh, they all decide they're going to go to dinner at the Great Northern at 8.30. And uh, the question I have is, like, who who's watching the diner then? Because no one else works there. <laughs> right? Like, Shelly quit... We haven't seen Heidi. Real? We haven't seen Heidi since the first episode. Well, we haven't seen James's best friend since. No, we James. did. We saw Mike last episode, or Bobby's. Bob. We saw Mike last episode. We saw him last episode, but I was thinking about that. If you were, if you were that guy, how how bummed would you be? Just wait. Hey, we're gonna need you for the pilot, and then if you could come back Dallas, again, Dallas, a year and a half, Dallas, that'd be great. Dallas, do you want more Mike? I, not necessarily. I just feel bad for the actor. Mm-hmm. Don't. All right. Um, Pete comes to see Harry at the sheriff station, and mm. they do a little bit of rustic bird watching, and they see a woodpecker. <laughs> what do you got there? Uh, and they both admit their love for Josie, uh, but the important part of this scene is that they talk about the Asian gentleman who... Uh, Harry knows as Mr. Lee, and Pete says that's her cousin Jonathan, and they realize, you know what, maybe Josie's in trouble. Um, Which, yeah, duh. Really? And they both agree, good, and they leave it alone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cooper then tells Harry about Mike being missing. Uh, Andy sees Lucy with her sister's baby, and he passes out like the big dummy that he is. Um, Pete had come there to play a tape for Ben of Catherine, uh, which she had made for Ben. And she kind of just tells him, you know, the, he now finally realizes that she's not dead. And also she wants the mill and the Ghostwood estate signed over to her. Um, and Ben throws a fit uh and he has like a pillow fight in his bunk just just like a really good theater major would um how dare you yeah how dare you but he's been played he's been set up 
Um, speaking of theater majors, Leland Palmer is singing uh, a selection from Oklahoma and just weaving in and out of traffic. Okay, so okay, listen. <clears throat> yes, I didn't. I didn't have time to to look it up, but I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Either before we record the next episode or at some point afterwards, I am almost uh, that there is a scene in Roadhouse, yeah, where Ben Ben uh, Ben Ben what's his name Ben Gazzara? That's not his name. I've only seen Roadhouse once, and I don't. I think it might have been where we watched it with the Rift Tracks commentary. Anyway, there's a scene where Ben Gazar, that's not his name, I feel like an idiot for not remembering. And he's weaving in and out of a single lane singing Surrey with a Fringe on Top. Oh, really? Yeah, but Roadhouse came out before this. Did it? I'm going to look it up on IMDb really quick. Okay, you do that. Sorry, you can keep going. It would be rad if they if Scott Frost ripped off Roadhouse for this. There's, it's almost I mean, like it was a tribute to there's literally one. There's literally a, a setting in this show called The Roadhouse. Okay, Roadhouse came out in 1989. Yeah, they were writing it in 89. They, I mean, they like so, so this technically, they could have this part could have been stolen. But road, The Roadhouse was already... I don't know. We'll Roadhouse see. was 1989. Yeah, but they wrote he, this. They wrote this in 89, I think. I was right, <clears throat> Ben Gazzara. But here's the thing. What I love about this, though, is if it was a tribute either way. Like, I love that idea. Okay, now I have to watch Roadhouse to find out if that's true. And did you know there was a Roadhouse 2? No. It came out in 2006. Roadhouse 2, Last Call. And you know who the person playing uh, Patrick Swayze's son is? <clears throat> um, hold on. Don't Google it. No, I'm not. I'm trying to think who it, who it could be. I'm trying to think of something funny to say. Um... <laughs> you're never going to guess it, but you're going to be so happy when I tell you. Tell me who it is. Jonathan Skeech. Who's that? The singer from that thing you do. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Wait, wait, wait. Is his name Jonathan Skeech? His name's Jonathan Skeech. No, it's not. Yeah, dude. His name, uh, it's Jonathan, and you spell his last name, S-C-H-A-E-C-H. What, Sheech? Sheech? Skeech. Captain Sheech and the Shrimp Shack Shooters? (laughs) Was that, like, was that based on him? Dude, I I, I have to see Roadhouse 2 now. I'm so excited that Jonathan Skeech is is a bouncer. Uh, If anyone wants to know... um, I, I just have this on in the background right now because I just like to have TV on sometimes. But HBO Comedy just finished airing singles, and they're going straight into Jane Austen's Mafia. <laughs> so I'm having I'm having like one of the best <laughs> Fridays I can remember. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Sorry. We should keep going. We got another. We got a long <clears throat> night. Okay. So um. Let's get through this. This is all great stuff. So Leland is weaving his way just like Ben Gazzara from Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Oh. Um, there's one thing that bugs me about this scene is that is that Cooper has this line about, do people in the state have to take the driver's test? And he says that before he sees Ben weaving. And then he goes, because I think oh, we yeah. got a dropout. And I hate it because obviously, 
the way it was, I'm guessing the way that it was written was he sees him doing the weaving first and then starts this line. But the way it's filmed is he just coincidentally happens to be talking about the driver's test and then Leland, he's, then Leland comes around the corner and he says, I think we got to drop out. Um, it just, it's always bugged me and I have to get it off my chest. Done with it. Moving Understandable. on. Understandable. Uh, so they, they almost hit each other because Leland almost pulls in front of the, you know, right into them. And he pulls over and they come up to him and he's like, oh, my wine, my mind was wandering. You know, must have been thinking about Ben. Uh, and he says he's on his way to the club. And he's, he's right there. You can tell there's a golf course. He's on his way to the club to try out a new set of irons. Um, and then that's when he tells Cooper he remembers Ben. I, I put in qu- quotation marks because he's making all this up. He remembers Ben making a phone call that night and he sounded really upset and it said something about a dairy um and then kind of leading cooper to say diary uh there's a really funny line where he asks cooper if he plays golf and cooper says well i enjoy its precision (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) so then he asks cooper if he wants to see his new clubs cooper says okay kind of hesitantly and he goes um it's kind of strange because because it looks like Leland wants to hit him with the club. Yeah, right. That's and, what I got. And he too. also is like the the bag's open, so it's like, does Bob want to get caught here? Well, I mean, Bob doesn't care, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. Bob's but not Leland. Leland's not Bob. Yeah, it just seemed kind of strange. Um, but obviously, he wasn't going to hit him in the middle of the day because there's people right there, and the sheriff was right there. But I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, obviously they, they wrote it in a way where nothing happens, but I just thought it was always kind of a weird thing for Bob to do. Um, and we know, obviously we know it's Bob because Leland gets back in the car, checks the mirror and we see Bob. Um, and then, uh, they, they get, they catch Gerard. So that's, so that's what happens is Cooper's about to get, maybe get clubbed with a five iron, uh, frenzy. And then um, <laughs> Harry gets the call that Harry gets the call that they found Gerard, um, who was found by the waterfall, which is interesting considering what we find later. Um, so they're back at the station. They've got Gerard, and they're telling him to like put him, you know, lock up all the doors and stuff. Uh, and then <laughs> we get the Gwen and Andy scene and. I wrote that I wish Leland would show up in Club Gwen. Um, but <laughs> Andy's trying to talk to Lucy about his situation, and she keeps interrupting him and really, really is really obnoxious. And he finally tells her to shut up. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of Andy and Lucy from here on out. <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't like it. <laughs> We may just have to skip to Firewalk with me. <laughs> I don't know if there is. Dallas, if I you, just... Dallas, hey, let me do this real quick. If you could think of plot lines that may have bummed out people going into the second half of the second season, why don't you name a few for me? I'm going to say anything involving Josie, mm-hmm. Lucy, and Andy. Mm-hmm. And James and Laura Flynn Boyle. So moving on. Um, 
let's enjoy this while we have it. So, uh, <laughs> Mike is there. This is okay. This is a great scene. This is my favorite Jerry scene, I think, in the show. So, Mike is there. They brought Mike in to kind of, you know, check out Ben, and uh, he says he he's been close, but it's not him. And Jer is rightfully kind of annoyed, and he has a great line about tell this guy to stop staring at me like I'm a dog biscuit. Um, and then Mike says something about Bob and I just love how he goes, Bob, who's Bob? Do I know Bob? We don't know Bob. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fantastic. It's fantastic delivery. And it's really funny considering what Bob is and who he is, but the way he just is like, we don't know Bob. Um, so Jared kind (laughs) of gives him the put up or shut up and, this is at the point where Harry decides he's going to charge Ben with Laura's murder. Um, Cooper kind of takes Ben aside or takes uh, Harry aside and says, he's not sure, you know, maybe we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves and Harry is tired of all the mumbo jumbo and Tibet and all the crazy ideas and dreams. And Coop kind of, you know, steps back and says, all right, you know, this is your, this is your territory. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Um. So then we we have this scene, uh, where we're with the we're with Hank and Norma and Ernie and uh, her mother, uh, um, Norma's mother. Sorry, Evelyn. Right, Evelyn. So, uh, turns out Hank knows Ernie from prison. Um, and Ernie has, uh, now gone straight, you know, they met at a Republican fundraiser. He's in love. He's changed his ways. He goes to meetings. He goes to church. Hank's kind of not really having any of this. And you can kind of tell that Hank's going to use some of this against him. Uh, but he raises a toast at the end to the, the newlyweds. But, um, anyway, you get the feeling like Hank's going to, Hank's going to use what he knows against Ernie, against Ernie. Um, yeah, I get the feeling we're going to get way too much of this. Yeah. By the way, Mafia is now on, and it's just perfect. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> the first ten minutes are amazing. Past that, I just I, there's only a few few you're good on, moments. You're only buying someone else's headaches when you buy a used car. Um, <laughs> it's just beautiful. Okay, so. Um, Cooper is eating pie in his room with his shirt off, uh, like you do, and talking to Diane. Wait, like is, I do, or like people do? Oh, people do. Uh, okay. when, when you're in the Pacific Northwest waiting for an earthquake. Uh, Audrey, <laughs> Audrey shows up, and here's something interesting. Like, don't you think you would have moved rooms? After getting shot? Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe Audrey or like, knew where... Or maybe like not be so cavalier about just opening the door without asking who it was. He just he someone knocks and he's just like, "What?" I don't know. It was the early '90s. People still weren't people still weren't locking their doors. Roadhouse had just come out. Roadhouse had just come out. It seemed like the threat had been neutralized. <laughs> uh, Chicks you know. and ducks and geese will scurry. Yeah, that that song's been used a lot in movies, especially in that time period. Because Harry Met Sally, what was that, 87? I don't know. 
Because remember that scene I'll, in Winter Hair Italia, yeah, right? Yeah, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> no, not that scene. When Harry met Sally. The wheel well table. No, when Harry met Sally came out in 1989. Are you effing with me right now? <laughs> What's going on? By the way, by the way, in Mafia, in Mafia, there's they have like a the casino. <laughs> the casino where they have they're playing shoots and ladders as a table game. Yes. And then some of the names of the slot machines are like blow it all ace. <laughs> lose your money oh it's so good okay i'm gonna stop watching mafia um so he's eating pie with his shirt off she knocks he answers without a care in the world um she wants to know about her dad if he was arrested if if what she kind of wants to know if she had a part of it you know if she if it was because of the stuff that she said and he kind of says you know partially and then there's this really kind of funny moment where she really wants to like make sure he knows that she's still, you know, like she didn't get up to anything at One Eye Jacks. Was not. Uh, how, what am I? What am I trying to say here? She did not engage. Didn't do any uh, dirty things. Yeah, except heroin. Well, that wasn't her fault, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, Sean, and and this is a weird thing that happens, and I've tried to explain it to my wife over and over again. Sometimes when you go somewhere, you slip on a puddle or soda or whatever. And you do heroin. And you do heroin. And it's not it's not easy for people to figure it. Like, to, you know, it's hard. to. But obviously they haven't done heroin, so they don't know the dangers of, of literally slipping and doing heroin. No one has ever slipped and done heroin. That's uh, that's not true. That's not true. Um, there's been me, um, Jonathan Skeech. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> ben Gazzara. Uh-huh. And then Audrey Horn. Uh-huh. Well, yep. probably the four that I can think of. And that's just the top of my head, off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. So if I probably Googled it, I would find a lot more. Yeah, sure. John Goodman. Oh, the kid's about to run into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Stop watching the mafia. Come on, let's get this episode. We're we're actually done. So at this point, people are so mad that I I don't care. At this point, good jokes. You're not listening. That's what I'm mad about. Well, well, man. So um, at this point, they get a they get a call that they found a body. And we know who it is. Um, Cooper is concerned. He tells Audrey to go to her room and lock the door. And this is when we kind of follow them to the waterfall. <clears throat> and they find the body of Madeline Ferguson. And that's where the episode ends. Madeline! Yeah. It's weird. She looks um, exactly like Laura Palmer. Does she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. She does. Yeah. Um, that uh, was uh, Drive with the Dead Girl. And like I said, it, it's a it's a perfectly fantastic episode of Twin Peaks. I think the only reason it suffers is it just follows follows and proceeds just like, you know, two of the most important episodes. So. Um, sorry. Yeah, no. Do you have any questions? 
No, I'm just looking up Roadhouse right now. <laughs> oh, I can't talk about Mafia, but you can talk about Roadhouse. Uh, sorry. There's a couple things we need to get figured out here. Okay, let's do it. One being um, Scott, uh, Scott Frost needs to answer some questions regarding <clears throat> I have to Houston. Pu- I have to put some time into this. I have to go back and, and like zoom in on some stuff. But I'm going to get an answer. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Can you hear this? Yeah. You can hear it? What is it? It's Roadhouse. Can you hear it, Ari? Yeah. Sorry. All right. It's about to come up on the scene here. You're not going to watch all of Roadhouse with us listening, right? No, no. I fast-forwarded it. It's about to be the scene. Okay. Hold on. Oh, I thought it was going to be the scene. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm wrong. What is he saying? Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Oh, okay. So, but he is it weaving just, back and forth. It all goes back. It all goes back to Roadhouse for you. Well, most things do. Yeah. There, there is a, a guy who is in Roadhouse that is also in the diner in Twin Peaks in this episode, though. The fat guy. Toad. Who's like. Toad, he's in. Uh, he's in. Uh, how Roadhouse. do you? He's... How do you know that? Oh god, dang, dude! This episode is just just called Dallas looking up IMDb. Yeah, I guess so. Because you know why? Because there's a guy that only looks like that guy. No, there's a bunch of guys that look like Toad. That's not true. That's insulting to Toad. I, and I, this I guy. I don't mean to spoil season three for you, but I think Toad is in season three. You think Toad is that? Why would that spoil it? I'm excited about Toad. Well, because now you know he maybe doesn't die. I didn't think that Toad died. Yeah, but maybe he does die. Tinker? No, that's not him. Hold on. Sorry, I've just got to find this guy. There's no way I'm going to find him. I I don't think we need to make people wait for this. I'm going to be honest with you. The fact that if anyone's still listening to this episode, I am shocked. Well, let's let's end this episode because uh, I think we've I think we've said all we can say about this episode, and we have a lot to get to with the next one, which we're going to record right now. Although we probably won't air it, uh, post it right after this. So um, the next episode is uh, is an important one. Uh, it's called Arbitrary Law. We're going to be joined by our good friend. And friend of the podcast, uh, John Lorenz, for episode nine of season two, Arbitrary Law. Dallas. You know who aged kind of well? Um, Shelly Johnson. Truth. Madchen Amick. Yes, truth. Madchen, she aged kind of well. She, she's not kind Not kind of. Oh, not kind of. I would say very. Do you know that Richard Beamer's still alive? Yeah, he's in the new. I think he's in the new season. Is he? Oh yeah. god, I can't wait. <clears throat> I've got to stop talking about that though, because I, I don't want to ruin anything. Um. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, I'll have an answer for this toad thing next episode. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe I'll try to do a little research into Houston. Um, but that was fun, Dallas. Thank you for uh, for dishing with me. That was fun. And listen, I. Uh, I'm sorry we were a little distracted this episode, but there was I a lot of I promise to turn on. I'm not going to watch Mafia anymore. 
Well, see, I wasn't even watching Mafia, but there's some uh, questions that needed answering, and one of them was the Roadhouse connection. Can, can I tell you my favorite part of Mafia? I think it's like very underrated in far as the jokes go. There's just a woman raking up a bunch of leaves, and the little kid runs through them, and she goes, "My oregano." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That might be my that might be my favorite joke. All right. Hey, you can right. you can follow me Sean T O'Donnell. Follow uh-huh. Dallas at Dallas underscore MC. Sure. Follow our podcast at Percolator Pod. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Do it. Why not? Rate our what podcast. We got some uh you know, maybe we'll get some new fans uh coming up here. Uh, fans. Some new listeners. Well uh, fans? Twin Peaks is coming back, and Showtime has been uh, airing at the air to season one marathon on oh, Saturday. First they... of all, Gwen, Gwen, yeah, in Roadhouse. No. Yes, she is the waitress in Roadhouse. Well, there you go, Kathleen Wilhoyt. Let's find out if there was a a connection, maybe with a casting agent. Do you or, know there's uh, a guy named Van Dyke Parks that was in this show? I talked about it last episode. The dude wrote he w- was he wrote Smile with the Beach Boys. Oh, Van Dyke Parks! What a great name. Did you you don't know who Van Dyke Parks is? No, why would I know who Van Dyke Parks is? He like broke up the Beach Boys. Why? What did he do? He wrote a bunch of lyrics Mike Love didn't like. Oh, Mike Love's an idiot. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, honestly, when you think of the Beach Boys, look at all of them. The one you're going to think is the biggest idiot is Mike Love. He's always. 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 No one likes Mike Love. Toad. Here he is. Kevin Young. I'm so excited. Actor. Aw, shit. <laughs> all right, we're going we're gonna to end it on that note. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, I'm going to see you next, next time on Dish and the Percolator. Yeah. <laughs> Mmm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different, yes. Something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar.
Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.